Good morning, Reach family. Uh, we're excited that we're back together again, even if it means only through video and not seeing you face to face. At some point, we will be back together. When that is going to be, we're not sure, but we will keep you posted. If you're not already, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll get links automatically when there's new material that's put there, or you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, make comments. Uh, on the video, we'd love to interact with you. So we just want to say welcome to all of our normal, regular REACH family that would normally be here in person that knew us prior to the quarantine. But we also want to say hello to those that have found us through friends and family uh, or just maybe stumbled upon this channel. Um, welcome. We're glad that you're with us this morning. Today we're going to be in Luke looking at two different people and their interaction with a, um, a topic that we may need to hear these days. So welcome and let's get ready. Okay, this morning, my one thing is, is just because you have found favor in God's eyes does not mean that everything will be easy. Can I get an amen? I think we more than ever need to hear that just because our world is going crazy around us, that God is not in control, that God isn't doing this marvelous work in spite of all these things and even through these things that are happening. God is still working, still in control. But if you're not careful, you'll look at it differently. So what is your expectation as a child of God, as someone that has given themselves, surrendered to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? What is your expectation? Is your expectation that there should never be any trouble in your life? Should everything go your way? These are questions, of course, that you to be answered in your head. Just think on that for a second. Process. Those two questions. Because what you believe about this will determine how you weather the coming storms. And no, I'm not making a prophetic statement about this coronavirus. Once we weather this, there will be other things that will challenge the way we ride out the coming storms and how we think about God's influence and effect and what he does or doesn't do in and through us will change the way we see what we're going through. And the tension is that if we get it wrong, it will be a trying, difficult time. If we get it wrong, we will not weather well the storms. So let's pray. Lord, let us walk remembering that your grace and mercy and favor can be on us even in the middle of the most trying times, even in the middle of things that are out of our control, that are happening around us. So, Lord, I pray that you would give us a heart that's stabilized on you. Trusting you in the midst of what's going on, in spite of our circumstances. And Lord, I pray that you would give us a willingness to choose you over fear, over worry, 
over everything else that would shake our trust and belief in you. And so, Lord, as we look through the beginning of Luke, Lord, I pray that you would allow us to see you in this. Not only as you interact with them, but how you interact with us. Lord, thank you for your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to start off with a very familiar story, and we're getting closer to Easter, and this is probably closer to a Christmas topic, but we're going to start off in Luke 1, um, verses 26 through 30, and we're going to talk about, of course, Mary. There was an interesting statement that was made to Mary that I, I want to relate to what we're going to talk about, and then we're going to get to Peter in just a little bit. But in verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. This is literally the word that kind of sparked this idea that I want to talk about today. She was favored. And I'm not here to necessarily talk about what you can do to be favored by God. What are the ten easy steps to make sure that God is always in your favor? That God will do everything that you want if you do these things. I really don't think that's possible. We cannot make God do anything. But for whatever reason, God has cast his favor on Mary. He says it right here in verse 29. It says, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Of course, she was greatly concerned. Every time angels show up, people get scared. Why? Because they're angels. It's not a common day occurrence. It just doesn't happen nowadays. I think we're a little jaded nowadays with movies and other things. On special effects, we probably think everything is just a special effect. This is not her. Then, when an angel appeared, there wasn't a you know a thought of like, ooh, how are they doing this with the lighting? Or is this a, a holographic form? This is an angel appeared to her and is speaking to her. In verse 30, it says, the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Angels always say that when they show up, at least to the ones that they want to not scare. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And then he goes on to tell her how this is going to happen, that she's going to have the child, Jesus. Prior to getting married, prior to having ever known A man, she's going to be with child, and that child is going to be more than just special. That child is going to change the world. And he tells her all of these things. He lists these things and how it's going to happen. And I don't know what her process was. I don't know if she thought through it all. But in verse 38, she says, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. 
We're not even going to get into the reality that Mary was probably 14 to 16 years old. And she had that measure of faith to say, let it be so. And here's the thing that I want to here's the things that I want to talk about with Mary, because we're like we, we, we idolize, I think, in some good ways, in some bad ways, Mary. But here's the reality. God favored her, chose her for his purpose for this purpose. He tells her that I favor you, that God is with you. And what we take out of context sometimes that we maybe not take a context, but what we forget about sometimes is that she had to live with this decision. She had to go back to her fiancé, her betrothed, and tell him, Hey, great news, I'm with child. Oh, no, 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 don't worry. You don't have to go beat him up because it was the Lord. Yeah, imagine that one for just a second. Imagine for the rest of the time during this pregnancy, everyone in her community knew that this wasn't Joseph's child. Imagine carrying that burden, literally carrying that burden. Imagine going to Bethlehem for the census count, pregnant. It's still his betrothed. It's not like he's going to walk and say, oh, this is my wife. He would most likely introduce her. This is my betrothed. Oh, she's pregnant. Imagine what she went through and not to even talk about the rest of her life raising God. I know some of us are treat our children like their God, but that's not the same of what I'm talking about. Literally, she was the mother of her creator, which is weird, strange to think about. She was favored by God, but she still had to go through all these things. She still had to see all of this happened to her son. She got to see him be crucified, this dream destroyed. I think sometimes we think if you're favored by God, if you do all the right things, all the right things will happen to you. All the right things will happen to you. They'll happen the way that you want them to. They'll happen the way that you think that they should. And the reality is, is that's not true. And what I want to challenge you with this morning, even before we get into the next one, to be thinking about Mary. Some of us are sitting here right now struggling with how we think about God because of what's going on currently. Because in our brain, even though we're not saying it out loud, we're talking to ourselves internally. That's not crazy talk. That's just us thinking. You're thinking internally that if God loved me, this wouldn't be happening. If God loved me, I wouldn't. This wouldn't be happening around me. Or maybe if you have the virus now, you'd say, if God loved me, I wouldn't have the virus. Maybe if you own a small business that is now shut down and you're not even sure that you'll be able to reopen, you may go, if God loved me, this wouldn't be happening. And I just want to tell you that God can love you. You can be a child of God and some of these things still happen to you. We'll come back and talk about Mary a little bit later, but I want to talk about jump to Luke five and talk about Joseph. I'm not Joseph's talk about Peter. I know. I know. He's one of my favorite. Anytime I have an opportunity, I'm going to talk about Peter because I like Peter. We're not going to get into that because it's not that time. 
But we're going to talk about Jesus picking Peter. And I would say, I'm going to make a jump here, that if Jesus picked you, we're going to leave Judas out for right now, anomaly, and side story. But if Jesus picked you to be on his team, not only in his 12, but in his three, we talked about those, his favorites, that you're probably favored by God, right? Can we all agree that that would be our assumption? Luke 5, verse 1. And on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing on the lake of Gerasthet, and he saw two boats by the, la- by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out on them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which is a little weird, let's just say, if this preacher man just got into your car and said, hey, can you... Pull over here so I can stand on top of it and get a better point. I know this isn't a car and it's a boat. Let's just think about that for a second. Jesus gets into the boat, which was Simon's, who's going to be renamed Peter. And he asked him to put out a little from land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Talk about favor. You got God on the boat telling you where to go, telling you where all those sweet spots to catch the fish. There's a little doubt right here. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night. And, and he's probably thinking, I do this. I've been doing this as long as I can walk. I, I've, I've been part of my dad's business forever. I know the seas. We didn't catch anything. Wasn't our night. Here's this preacher man coming, gets in my boat, and is now telling me go into the deep water. He said, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. They caught enough fish in one net once they're in the boat to almost sink both of them. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John. Of course, there's the three, the favorites. I'm sure your scale of who's your favorite parents that have kids at home that aren't in school right now, your scale of who's your favorite is probably changing every day, isn't it? little side note, let's take over. This is for all the parents at home with their kids. How you doing? Okay, just realize that we're praying for you, and we know that this is a trying time. Okay, back to here. So James and John, the sons of Zebedee, also saw this, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said 
to Simon, do not be afraid. Of course, like, look what he just did. And this is just the beginning of what he's going to see Jesus do. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed Jesus. You're like, absolutely. Look at the favor of God already resting on Peter. He's already experiencing the blessing of God in his business. And now he's going to follow him into ministry. And the truth is that if you didn't follow his story out, if you didn't know what the end of Peter's life looked like, you would say, absolutely. Later on, he's going to preach his first sermon. And I'm going to just say my first sermon. It was not good. The kids, I was a youth pastor. The kids were probably wondering when it was done less than I was wondering when it was going to be done. It's horrible. But Peter's first sermon, he gets up. 3,000 people get saved. 3,000 people decide to follow Jesus. Good day. You're like, favor continues. Now, we're going we're gonna to leave out right now that he denied Jesus. We're going to leave out right now that he rebuked Jesus. We're going to leave out right now that he pulled a sword out and cut off somebody's ear. I know I talk about it all the time. But Peter... Suffered, was imprisoned over and over again, beaten, whipped, and his life ended on an upside down cross, dying for Jesus, dying for a ministry that Jesus left Peter to. These are just two of many examples of people that we see that the word even tells us that they have his favor. And we can see just in these little windows that it didn't always go their way. And so here's what I want to do. I want to talk through what it looks like for us to understand that we can walk in the favor of God and still struggle, still have things not go our way. And here's one reality for us to grab onto is that Jesus is our favor. He is he has called us his children and he's called us to follow him. And what do I mean by Jesus being our favor is that Jesus has done for us what we could not on the cross so that we can enter into trust in the favor, the blessing, the peace that God gives his children that trust in his son. So here's a question for you, a couple. Are you struggling feeling like the favor, the blessing, whatever you want to say, whatever word you want to put in there is gone? That God has literally left the building. Now, here here's the reality of these things. If you feel like that. 
One of two things could be happening, and there's probably multiple things, but one of two things that I want to talk about. One is that you're just wrong in your assumption that the favor has gone, that God has departed. The other could be that you, in your own struggle, in your own sin, are choosing to walk out of that favor that God gives you, out of that blessing. And this is not some theology that I'm trying to convince you of, that if you do the right thing all the time, you'll live in that place. But I say that only to say that if your struggle is that, if you know that right now, as I'm talking, that there's something going on in your life that you know shouldn't be there, a current, present sin that you're dealing with, struggling with, the beauty is that we can confess it. We can repent of it. We can turn away from it and, and, and feel, experience that joy and peace. But we have to, just like we talked about with Bartimaeus, we have to name it. Like, this is what's going on with me, God. This is why I feel this way. And I, I, I need forgiveness for this. And then after you do that, after you confess that sin, and I am so grateful that you can right now, even though we're not in this building together, you have access to Jesus Right now, he's sitting at the side of the Father, interceding for you, and he's given you the Holy Spirit. So right now, you can have a one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. You can literally confess your sins sitting in your room and trust that he can hear you. And then when you walk into that confession and walk through that repentance, which is turning away from and leading away from that thing that's causing you that. Then you pick yourself back up and keep following because his favor blessing. He wants to pour out on you for his glory and the good of others. So if you're struggling with that, I want to just tell you that his favor and blessing is on his children, regardless of whether they feel it or experience it. His forgiveness is thorough and ongoing. But what I want to talk about on a side of this is that that favor that we're going for, I'm not just saying, hey, if we could, if we could do all the right things, that we could get this thing and it would benefit us. I'm going to just tell you that, that, that Mary... The struggle she went through and the pain that she went through, it was for the benefit of the world. Literally. And the struggle and strain that Peter went through was for the benefit of the church and the world. And it was that favor that God put on them. And I, I believe that God wants to put an a, a enormous amount of favor and blessing on you, but not for just you. Anytime he pours out his favor and blessing on us, it will benefit us. But I want to tell you the main reason he does that is for his glory, not yours. And for the good of those around you. Look, Jesus wants you 
to trust your story with him. He wants you to not just go, oh, I blindly trust you to follow you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to get in his word. He wants you to understand who he is. He wants you to be in community with other believers to help you grow, be discipled and be trained. And, and I just want to and I know this is an odd time to, in some of our community groups are meeting through Zoom They're connecting online, video chatting, still connecting. Some of our people are connecting through Instagram and Facebook or calls or texts. And I just want to encourage you, as much as it may feel a little awkward, don't isolate yourself from others during this season. If you need us, let us know. You can go on our site, info. Email info at reachcommunitychurch.com. You can let us know what's going on. You can let us know if there's something you need that we can help you with. We will do our best to do so. If you need prayer, you can literally email um, reachccprayer at gmail.com. And we'll put you on our prayer list. We'll be praying for you. We want to be with you during this time. And so as you're sitting there, as you're debating like, oh, man, I just don't even feel like I'm worthy to even ask for his favor. I just want to tell you that he wants to give it to you for others. This is the season where we literally get to be the church. This is the season that we get to love others because we understand how much he loved us. And so I encourage you, church, do that. If you're not officially a part of REACH, I commission you in your community to safely, maintaining social distance, love, serve, and encourage others. And share your stories with us. Let us know how you're doing with this. Give us, send us your celebrations when, when God shows up because you, you did whatever. Be creative on how you love others. And so we're, we're grateful that you're with us. I'm going to pray for us, the church. I'm going to pray for those who are going to break through in this area. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for your grace and your mercy and your favor. Lord, I pray that if there is sin in our life, that right now we would own it. That we would confess it and we would repent of it and we would walk away from it. And Lord, I pray just in that obedience you would pour out your grace and mercy on us. And Lord, for those that are watching this, that are just struggling with any reality that you would want to, desire to love them. Lord, I pray that you would show them your measure of love By showing them the cross, what you willingly accepted upon yourself. That what you willingly went through to pay for the penalty of their, our sins. So we ask for your grace and mercy for those who during this season are going to say yes to you. Who are going to be like Peter. They're going to see you. Acknowledge who you are. And are going to choose to follow you. Lord, I pray that you 
You help connect them to community that would encourage them, that would disciple them, that would mentor them, would show them how to be the church. And for the rest of us, Lord, I pray protection. I pray for wisdom from our governing authorities for what we do next. And Lord, I pray that we would, with honor, protect those around us. Lord, help us be wise in what we do. And we, Lord, we, we proclaim that you are in charge. And Lord, we thank you for your grace and mercy. Help us be church. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, church, thank you for being here. We love you. We cannot wait to be back together in person. Just a reminder, if you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, Reach Community Church, you can search that. We have a little round white um, circle with a cross in it. That's our little logo piece. Uh, you can go on there and subscribe to it. And every time we put a video on there, you'll be emailed and notified that there's a new video on there. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Please reach out to us if we can serve you. If you know others that we can help, let us know. And until we see you, be the church. We love you. See you next week.